Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, as the planet prepares for the coming conflict, Dr. Andrew Michaels is focused on one very important aspect of the plan. He is searching for a champion. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I know it's been a struggle to get all of you here together at the same time. I know our schedules don't permit that. But you made the effort, and I do want to acknowledge it, and I do appreciate it. We've narrowed down our list of champions to two sets. That's right. We have two full sets of potential champions. They've gone through psychoanalysis. They've gone through physical training They've gone through the physical tests, and they've also gone through, I would say, a torture test just to make sure they won't break from certain types of stimulus. And we've, we've made real progress. The thing we need to focus on now is do we send our best team to the stars, or do we retain our best team for here on earth you have to remember there's a wild card too we've never had a human being involved in these kind of gladiatorial contests before we're not sure how he will interact with the rest of the races that represent earth okay well the octopus and the cat and the bee are more than welcoming. The marsupial race seems to have a little bit of a... They seem to be a little bit... Well, I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of turn. But you have made references to certain racial aspects of the human race that you do not think are going to make it compatible for this contest. I hate to bring our marsupial brothers out in the open like this, but I think we need to discuss it. If you have reservations and you don't believe that the human race is ready to join you in this combat, you need to tell us now. We can still help you with our spacefaring technology. We can still help you with our weapons our technology, there's no reason why we can't still assist you if you don't believe that our chosen champions are up to combat of this level. That's a whole different thing. Well, I understand that you think a human being could be outmatched, but aren't we all outmatched by predators? Aren't we all sometimes prey and then sometimes the prey becomes the predator. At least in the human experience, this is more common than you think. 
human beings have a tendency to not give up so easily. I understand your concerns. I really do. But if you think a human being won't be up for the combat, that they'll give up too soon, I think you underestimate us greatly. Yes, we do break and run in battle formations. There are times when men will choose to retreat, choose to surrender, choose to raise the white flag. But usually these are situations that they've done what they were ordered to do. They've carried out their orders and there is no possibility of them completing their mission. Suicide is not part of a soldier's cree. Soldiers do not have to fight for the death. I really think there are some situations like that in the historical record, but on the whole, if they put a good stand up and they carried out their orders to the best of their abilities, if they fail or they can't proceed, it's understood that they surrendered under the right terms with within the orders they were given. I mean, a soldier is given orders, isn't he? And they are to carry them out to the best of their ability. But once they've achieved that or failed at that goal, their job is to carry on with living, not dying, not sacrificing themselves for the greater good. Those sacrifices rarely, <laughs> rarely yield fruit, don't they? We all know that. I'm glad you agree. Well, what is your main fear? Is it the armor that the human soldier is going to be wearing, or is it the weapons? Too much reliance on weapons. Okay. Well, the system allows him to do short jumping flights. Not true flight, but he can jet himself into the air for distances. He can even hover in one spot for 30 to 60 seconds at a time before his jet gyros run out of energy and have to recharge. He has missiles, firearms, a sword, and some lasers. Now the lasers are built directly into his suit. They could even be targeted from a remote location. Do you think we're relying too much on the technology of this suit? Because it does extend to strengthening him as a human being. He can lift double the amount of a normal human being, and his punching power is off the charts. Okay, I understand that. It, uh, you feel that if the technology fails, then he's just stuck in a big, cumbersome, overweighted suit. But the weight isn't a problem here. He can still operate, even if 90% of his systems are down. Some of the systems still work, even if all his electronics and hydraulics fail. Excuse me, I'm going to get a quick drink.
hope you don't mind. No, I understand. Yes, even if 90% of a suit fails, he can still operate. And he can still deliver deadly attacks, even physical assaults, using his legs and arms and fight hand-to-hand. And he has hand-to-hand combat weapons. And besides his sword, he has a 14-inch dagger, a small 3-inch blade, and a 6-inch blade. So he's quite prepared to do hand-to-hand combat. I was thinking about an axe too, but I thought an axe might get stuck. If he's using an axe, the way he would wield it, it's not the same as a a jabbing knife attack or a slicing knife attack, like a saber or a puncture wound. With an axe, he's swinging it down, and it's more than likely going to get stuck. It also allows the opponent to potentially block it because of the arc of the swing. I do think we should go back and think about the axe as a weapon. But, well, we could take a vote on it. This is actually a democracy. Now, your opinion does matter, and you can voice your opinion here. Well, I do agree that it could be a problem. If you think it will be, we can address it. Well, let's just go ahead and cast a vote then. All in favor of adding the an, an axe to hit the human being's attack capabilities. Okay, well, there you have it. We will add two, two, two axes to the human's armored equipment. He will still be within his weight to height ratio. So he can still do that. Well, the reason he can still compete in combat, even if 90% of his electronics and hydraulics fail, is some of his systems are built off of basically, um, you know, piston-driven. So when he walks, as he walks, the pistons push and pull him back and forth, regardless of the condition of his hydraulics and his electronic systems. He won't be as strong and as fast, but he can still fight. Yes, and he might even be deadlier at that point because he does have weapons at his disposal that are totally independent of electronics and hydraulic systems. He can just fire away or use explosive devices he's carrying on him. It's a very... Well, we thought... Use your technology first, and as it fails or as it they overcome it, you can still have fallback weapons, guns, your typical, you know, non-electronic uh, weapons that are just based on mechanics. His suit's based on mechanics, so he can still operate pretty much right up till the point of system failure. Well, I'm glad this alleviated some of your concerns, and I and I and I do value your input. Adding a weapon to his repertoire of weapons is not that big a deal. I'm glad you were able to express your feelings. 
it, it does bother me that you thought you couldn't voice your opinion. And that's 90% of the problem here. You thought I wouldn't listen. And that's not true. We're very willing to listen and compromise. The, the list of compromises, the lists of inputs and, and data collection and, and sharing of information that we have used to build the Orion Project and to ferret out the best champions of all our races has been one of the most incredible undertakings the planet Earth has ever seen. I cannot believe how well we all are working together to ensure we succeed at this. The only thing left to decide now, and it is a strategy, do we keep our best champions here on Earth? If they win, then at least we've won here. And we send our secondary soldiers to the stars to potentially take on the aliens at their home world. They won't be our best frontline troops. Now, if they fail, then all that we've put into the space program to get there will be a loss. So there is that to be considered. Do we want what we send to the stars to combat them on their home world to be our best shot possible, a mixture of our best shot possible, or, or our secondary best soldiers? Because it is an unknown. We don't know what they're going to come up with. There's also another point of contention. Do we send our smartest champions versus our most physically strong champions? Okay, well, we'll put it to a vote. Okay, and the vote is for do we send our best, strongest warriors to the stars? Or do we keep them on Earth? So a yes would be send them to the stars. No would be retain them on Earth. So let's go ahead and vote now. Okay. All right. And the vote is that we send our very best champions to the stars. Okay. Now that's one from each Earth race, right? Okay. Okay, agreed. And the next vote is, do we possibly consider intelligence our smartest warriors in the mix or do we just go with our most physically daunting champions so a yes would be we mix our intelligence in or we go strictly with physical abilities okay all right so the yeses have it we will consider intelligence and background when we pick our finest champions to go to the stars, but our best warriors overall will go to the stars. Okay. And our secondary best group of champions will stay here on earth to defend us here in the combat. I think we've made some real progress today. I really do. And I th don't like to speak for others. But I think the human champions 
will be very proud to carry the axe of the marsupial tribe in their weapons portfolio. Why wouldn't they? It's, it's an amazing weapon. And I'm sorry if we insulted your people by pointing out drawbacks that we thought made it less effective. Who are we to know what is more effective? Our machines, our computers, our programs tell us that certain types of bladed weapons are more effective in this situation versus this opponent. But in the past, your axe attacks have had devastating results on the alien champions themselves. Who are we to say they won't repeat the same actions this time? It is amazing that their weapons haven't improved over time as, as much as yours have. The octopus race, it's amazing how they have adapted to this combat time and again, coming up with new systems, new ways of attacking, new weapons, new strategies. But the aliens re basically rely on their brute force, brute strength, and size to defeat you each and every time. It's almost as if, well, that's all we need to do. There's no reason to improve on things because we aren't losing. I think... I dare say I almost know if we do give them a bloody nose and defeat them in a contest of champions it will be a wake up call to them we definitely need to snuff this competition out if we win it needs to be the last one because we don't want them coming back with a vengeance we don't want them hungry for a win I guess you would say Competition always dictates that. We don't want to make them the underdog. We need them to be overzealous, overconfident, and not expecting to lose. This might be our one and only chance to defeat them. And I personally couldn't be more proud to be working with all of you on this project. For those of you who are still getting caught up with the whole thing, Basically, one champion from each of the Earth terrestrial races will face off against the five best champions the alien race has to offer. There are limits to weight, height, and overall size of a potential champion. You couldn't put a champion inside a battleship and just ram the beach on the contest island. You would have to limit any kind of combat to prevent what they would call cheating. And the whole idea is you choose your champion and then they put them on an island. There's no way of helping either side. And they fight literally to the death. Now there are survivors... Death isn't always the ultimate result if you're disabled beyond the ability to fight back, then you're considered dead. And in the past, the octopus race has taken great advantage of appearing to be dead. 
and then trying to strike later with one last-ditch effort to disarm or kill an enemy. They seem to be immune to that. They don't seem to pay attention that you've pulled that stunt twice in the past. I find it almost amazing that they would ignore that and just leave you for dead each and every time. The octopus race is very deadly. They can attack from anywhere and be unseen. I don't know why they haven't picked up on that yet. It does bother me. It's almost like they don't care. They'll just defeat you anyway. And that isn't the case. You've had great success with that ploy. Of course, the cat and the bee are more forward-thinking might versus right and just keep attacking and attacking. But in the past, the marsupials have joined you in on this sneak attack, for lack of a better term, appearing, playing dead, and then jumping up at the last minute and delivering a, a blow to disable one of the aliens and turn the tide of battle. I guess they've never really paid attention to it because they've always won. Even though it had some effect on the outcome, the end result was we still lost. There might be a survivor's bias going on here with the aliens. We have thought about this. Because they win, they don't want anyone back home, for instance. They don't want the stories of the great champions being tarnished by the fact that they got outsmarted or tricked or the cunning of the alien races defeated them in, you know, in a single combat. Since they won overall, they get to write the history. So we think they are biased in their stories, telling how they did this, they did that, and everything was flowery and perfect, and their strategies were unflawed. This would answer a lot of questions and help us understand why they are so almost backwards on their development. It's almost like I want to use the same weapon my grandfather used. I want to use the same tactics my grandfather used. They are descendants of the former champions, and it could be that they want to show that they are up to the level of their ancestors. This would answer a lot of problems that we cannot quite figure out. And I dare say we've got to come at this attack with a very different uh, strategy. We should look at it as we are the troops of Xerxes facing off against 300 Spartans. And our weapons, our armor, our shields are not up to the attack. That they hold all the advantage. And in doing that, we should look at strategies and ways of circumventing their advantages. I hope you'll join me in this. I'm glad. I'm glad we're working together. Because very soon, we're going to launch the Orion towards Saturn. 
and the star drive will take it there. When the wormhole opens, we only have two more weeks to prepare for combat. So we must be ready. I think we are, but I don't know we are. And that's a very tough situation to be in. I pray we are ready by then. Our technology will be up to the challenge, but it's our minds that will carry the day. How do we use what we have in a new way to defeat them? How do we get through their armor? How do we get through their weapons and defeat them? That's the challenge. And I think in our next talk, we will discuss that. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a good session. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Remember to stay tuned for the next installment of this story coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardohuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, Thank you.